0: A focus summary of Act I, Scene Six through Act II, Scene Four of The Romantics by Edmund Rustand. Scene Six. The plan for the feigned abduction in place and the pretense for approving the union settled, Bergamon and Pascano gaze over the park together, imagining all the changes they will make. These men, who had said they would line the wall with glass shards and iron spikes, Now speak dreamily of a conjoined estate bedecked with their monograms in posies. And again, they embrace. Scene 7. When their children come upon the scene and gasp at the sight of them, they change the embrace to a clinch and pretend to fight. Personet and Sylvette pull the combatants apart and lead them away, as the fathers keep up their pretense of antagonism. Scene 8. Straffarel and his entourage enter Pascanos Park. Straffarel sets the scene for the abduction with a painterly touch, arranging all the details to look like an artwork by Watteau. He poses the Bravos, adjusts their capes, admires the moonlight, prepares the musicians, puts on his mask, and awaits the entrance of Personne. Scene 9 as Percinet comes on the scene, the shadows deepen, and the sky grows bright with stars. As Percinet begins declaiming lines of reflection on the sweetness of the hour and his love for Sylvette, Straffarel whispers to the musicians to play an amorous tune. Percinet does pause at one point to question where the music is coming from, but he shrugs it off and continues. This poetic reverie on love has more sincerity and tenderness than did his pretensions to comparison with Romeo. He ardently praises the beauty of the stars, finds a new theme in his love for Sylvette, and then closes with rhapsodic verses about how the stars will be put to shame when she appears, because they will dim by comparison with her bright eyes. SCENE ten. At the stroke of the clock, Sylvette appears, and the Bravos appear from the shadows and bear her away to the sedan chair. She shrieks and calls to Percinet, who scrambles over the wall, clashes with the Bravos, and then is confronted by Straffarel. Straffarel suddenly puts his hand to his breast and falls in feigned death, and Percinet runs to Sylvette's side. At that moment, just as planned, Pascano appears. Calls Percinet a hero, sees Bergamon approach, tells him what has happened, and asks for his pardon, which Bergamon promptly grants him. They proclaim that the peace has been made, and that the Pyrenees, the wall, must fall. Percinet thinks he must be dreaming, but Sylvette reminds him that she knew it would be so. After they go off, Straffaro lifts himself to hand Bergamon his bill. Act Two, Scene One. As the curtain rises on Act Two, we see that the wall has disappeared, the parks are united, and the grounds have been altered as discussed. But when Pascano starts talking to the gardener, we discover that not everything has proceeded as planned. The honeymoon is already over for Bergamon and Pascano. Pascano says good gardeners water little. Bergamon says to give a flower the drenching that it wants. Pascano can't stand Bergamon's whistling. Bergman is annoyed by Paskinot's constant sneezing. When Bergman paces back and forth, Paskinot calls it scuttling about like a cockroach. When Bergman notices Paskinot's waistcoat lacks a button, he calls it a reproach to a man's raising. In an ironic twist, they reflect nostalgically on the time their friendship was forbidden. They long for the days when they had to tell lies, and risk danger, and brave adventures to be friends, and they wonder if the sense of loss they feel now is the revenge of their romantics. Pascano reminds Bergaman that what was done was not done for them, but for their children, and that they must therefore endure their loss in silence. Sylvette and Personet appear, arms entwined, making lofty gestures— and the fathers mock them for their romantic affectations. They hide in the bushes to listen to the lovers' entertaining prattle, unseen. Scene 2 The lovers' posing is indeed comically over the top. They compare themselves to Perseus and Andromeda. Marvel how Perseus had opposed at least thirty men, and recall how, with all his cuts, thrusts, and guards, he made them all tumble like a pack of cards. Sylvette says that all their love lacks is an epic poem, and he promises her it will be done. Sylvette remarks that she could never have consented to a commonplace marriage. She had vowed to wed a hero, and personae is nothing less. She then observes that their fathers have been in foul moods, and she attributes their grumpiness to jealousy. She believes they envy being overshadowed by Percinet and Sylvette's glory, and resent being nothing more than the fathers of the immortal lovers. As Bergaman and Pasquino snicker in the shadows, Sylvette and Percinet boast of how they made sport of their parents, and how they had been brought together by destiny. Then they go out of the garden, arm in arm again, still reflecting on the glory that hovers around their epic romance the fathers come out from their hiding place, and Pascano chides Bergamon for the plan he was so proud of, saying it has gone so far that now their children are completely crazy. They are sickened by Percinet and Sylvette's posing as hero and damsel, and they resent being portrayed as dupes blind to their secret rendezvous. Pascano is itching to tell them the truth, but Bergamon urges him to be silent until Sylvette and Percinet are officially married. Scene four. Sylvette skips over to her father's, waving her flowers, and giddy with pre wedding bliss. When Bergamon answers her grumpily, she attributes his mood to his forced kinship with a formal rival. She starts reminiscing about how blind they both were to her secret love affair with Personae, and she tells them how, in the storybooks, feuding parents are always forced to give in to a love that is fated to be. They can no longer take the condescension, and, in impulsive anger, they confess the whole plan. Whatever the storybooks say, this time, they tell her, it is the old men who have outwitted the youngsters. It was they, not fate, who brought the lovers together, by making their love forbidden. Then they offer proof by producing the bill from Straffarel. Sylvette is, at first, horrified and disbelieving. But then, collecting herself, she tells them that they went to all that effort without purpose, because she would have fallen in love with Persone without the web they wove. She laughs the whole thing off, but she begs them not to tell Persone, because men are so silly. She assures them that she herself holds no grudge. But alone, after they leave, she says with icy fury that she detests them.